Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Ben Taylor, the CEO and co-founder of SoftLedger, which is a real-time cloud accounting software that helps businesses access their financial data faster. Ben is a CPA with over 10 years of public and private accounting experience, and he came up with the idea for SoftLedger in 2015 while working as an accounting manager for a public company. Today, his accounting tech startup has customers in over 20 countries and various industries, including crypto, fintech, and private equity. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Ben Taylor. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Good beer. <laughs> we uh, share an affinity for building software for accountants. Some people would call us mad, huh? Yeah, that's what got us into this. Uh, <laughs> I was doing accounting and then uh, decided that we could have better software. And so that was about a little over seven years ago. And here, mm-hmm. here we are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, well, let's start with the journey. What got you into, into accounting in the first place? Sure. So yeah, it was a surprise to me at the time, but in, in uh, my undergrad, uh, I was interested in business and I didn't know specifically what major I wanted to, wanted to choose within business and accounting just kind of clicked. It's made sense. And if you understand the accounting behind a business, it's everything goes into that. Everything that has financial impact at all has to go into a company's financial statements. So you kind of cover everything. And so, yeah, that just, that was something that was interesting to me. And, and so decide to, to major in accounting, got my CPA after I graduated, started off in, in public accounting. And yeah, that was my career up until starting software. And uh, which accountants you work for? What, uh, how was your career during, you know, post-grad? <laughs> so I, I started off at, uh, at Ernst & Young mm. doing financial audits, mm. did that for a few years, then went to Fannie Mae and did financial reporting. And uh, I was there for a few years as well. And then you went there in 2008, were you? <laughs> uh, no, no, a few that years later. Been exciting times. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we dealt with the aftermath. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting time to be there and, and learn about how it's a very specific thing that, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac do that's yeah. kind of it's a little bit different and esoteric, really. Like to, and anyway, that, that was learned a lot there. And it was a good transition from public accounting because. You're doing similar things like reviewing what all the departments are providing and making sure it's right and mm. you know before it goes to the financials. From there, I went and did the job that I was at right before starting Soft Ledger was corporate accounting mm. in a accounting department for a, a public company. Right. How did speaking as a dumb Aussie, how, how did Freddie May and Fanny no Freddie Mac and Fanny May even come about? Are they because they're government owned or something now, aren't they? They're government sponsored entities. So if you see the yeah. G, uh, the acronym GSE, that's them. And so they, um, I think it was it's the thirties. Fannie Mae was chartered, and I think Freddie was a little bit later. And it was to provide liquidity to the mortgage market and mm. to stabilize it and be an active participant in the mortgage market, so that you can do things like have thirty year fixed rate, fixed rate mortgages and all that. And, and for the vast majority of its life, mm. it was profitable. And then, yeah, we, we know what happened in 2008. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, they, had, and, they bailed them out, didn't they? I mean, if they went under, that was the whole country would have just disappeared. Yeah, I mean, if that's a key part of providing those long-term mortgages. Right. And 
at some point, I don't know if when, when I was there or was, it was after I left, they had actually paid back, I think, everything that they had lost during that stretch. And so it, it does, you know, it's a key component within within that. You know, obviously, there's the housing market's been been nothing but interesting this year. Uh, <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. Well, it, yeah. It's sort of doubled in a year and in some places and like it, it, where we are, second home areas are always interesting right across the world in the property market you know they, they're subject to so many other influences than primary home areas mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's true um yeah i didn't think about that but it's yeah there's a lot that were run up yeah double mm. in such a short time it's interesting to see how yeah how it'll shake out now with the with rates on the rise and i guess capacity a question mark some some places it's not enough maybe mm. there's all these dynamics that it's tough to figure out what will actually happen mm. i mean the prices have certainly come off their peak haven't they and rising interest rates will certainly soften demand mm-hmm. and i think it's already up to sort of six seven percent or something in some places but um yeah i, I mean across the country across the world interest rates are going up when countries invade other countries, that doesn't help macroeconomic conditions or supply chains or energy prices. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't doesn't increase efficiency. Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the genesis of SoftLedger and, and how all that came about. Yeah, so at that company um, that I was working at in the corporate accounting department, it was at, it's actually uh, based in Chicago. Hmm. They were, they've since been acquired. Companies called Mattersite, acquired by Nice Corporation. A couple of years ago, it just it took forever to get the financials every month. That that just seemed like a you know, we were doing this clunky process. It seemed like it was a problem that could be solved with software. And so I called up Jeff Ostrega, who's my longtime friend. And when I went the accounting route, he went the computer science route. He's been building applications since he was in high school. And we looked at the problem or the whole process and and determined okay, the general ledger, this clunky thing in the middle that really needs to be rebuilt. Otherwise, this process can only be so fast. If you really want to speed things up, you need to go right to the middle of that. And so we got to building a, um, a general ledger, a mid-market general ledger system. Hmm. And so we, we were doing that nights and weekends for a while. And then February of 2017, we got our first investment from Mucker Capital in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, brought us out to the West Coast. And yeah, we've, we've been steadily growing over the past uh, several years and mm-hmm. let's see, serving corporate um, controllers and CFOs, helping them get financial data faster. And when you looked at the, I mean, obviously QuickBooks and and Zero serve the, the lower end of the market. When you looked at the mid-market competitors, mm-hmm. what was the landscape like? And has it changed very much since you started? Nope. It's, I mean... The two major major ones we come up against are uh, NetSuite and Intact, usually, mm-hmm. and that's the vast majority of the time. It's somebody coming off of QuickBooks. Uh, sometimes it's zero, but it's almost always QuickBooks. Yeah, for us, yeah, so zero, far. zero is penetration. The US is still relatively small. So, what did you see, or what was missing in Intact and NetSuite that that you thought you could uh, solve for, that you sought out to solve for? I mean, it really just comes down to time. It just takes too long to get data in and out so that you can use it to run your company. That that's it. And a lot of that is due to them building the soft their software at the in the late nineties. You know, that's when both those companies were founded. 
And if you build it, when we started building it, you can do a lot of things that you can make decisions like building it on cloud native architecture, using microservices, having the whole thing be easily programmable via API, uh, REST API. That all, um, it, it all just means that you can connect easily to uh, more easily to other systems, make it easier to use. Uh, it's more flexible. You know, these aren't things that they aren't saying too, but it just, it, we view that as a kind of like the next iteration of that first generation cloud accounting software platforms. No, that makes sense. I mean, they are both very old platforms. There's no doubt that starting afresh gives you an advantage, gives you a fresh set of eyes to look at the issues, right? And what type of uh, customers, typical clients of yours now? It's the same type of systems that we serve. If I listed off every end of, of our clients, there's large swath of in- industries, but mm. investment management's been a big one for us. So private equity firms, family offices, venture capital firms. And a big reason for that is we handle uh, consolidation for multiple entities easily, right? Uh, including multiple currencies as well. Another big niche that we have is any companies that have crypto assets in their operations. We have a unique set of functionality around those. So that's been a big one for us too. But it, it really is, it's a general purpose system. We have inventory management, sales order management, all these, every core component of a mid-market accounting system. Hmm. And the company is operating wholly remote. Where, where is everybody? Kind of spread out throughout the continental United States. Hmm. There's no real central focal point. <laughs> and how did COVID impact Soft Ledger? I think it netted to probably being the same or better than it would have otherwise um, been in the end. I mean, it's, mm. you know, obviously there were some businesses we were talking to that were hit pretty hard and, you know, that changed their plans. But in some ways it pushes companies to be more automated, be more open to knowing that they need to prepare for their people being everywhere and easily accessing their application, their books and records from any web browser. And not just that, but not thinking about having to VPN into some central uh, network or anything like ours is kind of built to just you sign in on the open internet and, and, and we, we were built to do that securely and, and, and be comfortable, you know, manage your whole company that way. And what COVID push kind of lends itself to uh, our type of software being a good solution. Mm. And what about, uh, I noticed that the solution can be headless. Have you had a lot of take, what's the take up of, of a headless ledger? Some, uh, yeah, so we've had some traction with that so far. It's interesting because, you know, accounting touches so many different types of applications that there's often an accounting impact or component to a software application, especially B2B software, Mm. that you wouldn't necessarily think was the case. Um, Mm. You know, you you start to touch on, as soon as you start, you know, billing your customers and accepting cash, whatever great vertical software solution you have, ultimately is integrating with an accounting system. Yes. The more you build in that interface with your customers, you're realizing, okay, am I recreating invoicing? Do I need to build journal entries? Do I need to? Yeah. And so that's where the headless piece comes up a lot of the time. Hmm. And then we do have customers that are have built their own integrations and are using our UI. I'd say that's, right. that's more common, actually. And, and so that, yeah, I see. So their systems are sort of integrated for transactions and then they access them through the UI. And investment-wise, how's the you know sort of in, uh, investment landscape look for you? 
We raised our seed round in May of, of last year. It was led by Naples Technology Ventures, Naples, Florida. And yeah, we're, we're still good on that. We're, we're kind of operating with an eye towards, you know, efficiency and, you know, not having to be beholden to that next round of capital. And we, you know, how, how we've been growing to date has been pretty efficient. And so that, that helps to, to do that. Mm. And how many staff across the U.S. at the moment? There's uh, 10 of us full-time. Oh, cool. So it's a great size and, and obviously interesting times. Where would you like to take this? Continue to grow this and provide uh, corporate controllers and CFOs with a great product-focused accounting system, a good option that allows them to get off their small business system quicker mm. and not have to get a giant accounting system when they don't need it. <laughs> uh, so just right in that that sweet spot. And then, you know, for these types of companies, they won't outgrow it. Yeah. You know, if they do outgrow it, it's maybe to like an Oracle or SAP level big yeah. you know, product at some point, but maybe not. Yeah. And and it's not a, you know, winner take all thing for no. a large company. Most large companies have maybe every every uh, ERP that you could list is somewhere in there. In their yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, yeah. and somebody's job to bring all the numbers together every month, right? Yeah. Now, well, that certainly makes sense, sort of a, a, a like a lower, there's plenty of lower end mid-markets, I guess what you're saying, sort of above QuickBooks Enterprise and below a different solution to NetSuite. I mean, I don't know what, I get hassled by the NetSuite SDR team, every, you know, once a year or something. That, But, you know, like it's sort of three to six month implementation, a couple hundred grand kind of areas, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's not just the size and complexity of the product. It's this whole thing that you have to deal with all of a sudden. And if you don't have a huge accounting department and you got to start assessing this big implementation that's fraught, mm. that's, you know, got a very, you know, low success rate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people that's hate a, fucking using them too. Like, they're so yeah. ugly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and there's such good data in there. That's the thing. It's like, mm. who's going into NetSuite to review things that's not an accountant? But that is where all of the, you know, receivables information, where all the the it should be the most accurate customer information, uh, vendor, you know, payment information, all this stuff is in there and, and it's locked because you can't access it. It won't ideally anyone in the organization that should have access to data should be able to just mm. get it when they need it. Mm. And in order to do that in a way that still has controls and everything, it's, it's complicated, but you can, you know, part making things machine readable is, is the way, way to do that. Yeah. And how do you see, I mean, you, you're sort of selling into uh, CRO, uh, CFOs, I should say, a little bit, and accountants, obviously. How, how do you see the industry as a whole evolving over the next three, four, five, ten years? Yeah, so I think it's doing more with less or, or the same. Mm. As you automate more, there's a lot of potential problems that could get hidden. There's a As transaction volume increases and, and your staff size remains the same for an accounting department, you need to think about being analytical more than checking every individual document. And you need to think about implementing systems more and how the data structure needs to get together within your finance and accounting department from a technology perspective to make things work. And this all enables the accounting department to be more of that strategic advisor. So they get mm. all that set up and mm. and they mm. can just analyze, okay, this happened. What about this? Instead of just scrambling every month to just close the books do the individual processes that are not even part of the monthly close. It's it just it's just a constant scramble. Like I think there's going to be less of that, especially for the companies that do this best. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. And how, how uh, you founded uh, the company with Jeff, your longtime friend. How is the relationship? Are you, are you guys still married? You're all okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. We have not, yeah. Being friends for a long time ensured that we did not kill each other. Uh, on the first day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really important. Things are definitely, they definitely get difficult at stretches and having, you know, being on the same page and really, really knowing the other person well is is, is really helpful to navigate through mm. that. And what, what do you think the potential size of the TAM is for you guys, you know, in that mid-market? It's huge. I mean, so even if, I think our, our TAM is not just the mid-market, you know, we, we I like to start with, the total market for accounting software and work our way backwards. Mm, it's mm. every company on the planet needs to figure out what their every organization on the planet needs to figure out their financial position, their performance mm. Uh, mm. as fast as possible. And so really, you know, by building a general purpose system that it could apply to any organization, obviously we're not yep. to every single organization, but you yep. st we start whittling it out. Do we want to do complex manufacturing? Probably not those processes ever, but yeah. I, you know maybe the financial impact of that you could integrate in and pull it out. So it, it's really tough to rule out any specific industry, and it's more about just like choosing the ones we have traction with so far and functionality to go after as we continue to build out our product roadmap. Yeah, there's endless things to build, of course. So. Yeah, there's never any shortages there. What keeps you up at night? How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess just you know making sure that we're on the right direction that we're building the right things to both support our customers and keep our pulse um, like our, our finger on the pulse of like what's going to happen next and doing all that while we, you know, don't run out of money, mm. all the normal. <laughs> That's the hard bit, isn't it? Not running out of money. Okay. Well, that, that all sounds like you're on a good path and sort of knocking on the door of um, some of these mid-market ledgers that have been around forever and a day. It's, I'm sure that the customer base appreciates the alternative. What are you excited about? We're excited about the next 12 months of, you know, we have some pretty big updates in our in our product roadmap that we're really, really excited to, excited to get to. Some of these things were, uh, <laughs> we pull, pulled out a, a, a few months ago for our, I guess, I guess several months ago uh, now for, for our offsite, we <laughs> pulled out some um, initial screens that we mocked up for the product. And, and there's there's a couple things that are, that were in the initial screens that we are mm -hmm. finally getting to and i'm, I'm yes. really excited about that uh, <laughs> but yeah just just growing getting more customers um getting the things out that are important to our current customers those are the things that i'm really excited about in the near term well if there's anything that we can do to help uh be more than happy to do so what about the how do you think about sort of like the financial close market in corporate accounting teams like um, Flowcast and Blackline, how do they sort of fit into the whole picture, do you think? Yeah, so they're very complementary to what we do. Um, mm. You know, there's always um, tasks that are happening within the month. There's accounting workflows that, that just don't sit in with an accounting system. They would never make sense to sit in, in there. And having a good system to handle that is really critical to having an efficient process. There's always going to be that aspect to it. We actually do have an integration with a company named Prept. That's P-R-E-P-D-D. -D, mm -hmm. That helps with that, and so yeah, that's something that obviously is big to our customers, especially the ones that have larger teams and a lot of people working in various places and various files. And there's version control issues and all that. That's been uh, that's been pretty big. 
you know, it's perhaps a little bit niche in, in that kind of solution. I can imagine how yours uh, integrates well to a, to a close offering. Um, it sounds like if you got, multi, you know, you sort of multi-currency from day one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah that was from day one. We knew that, and it was largely due to how do we grew is from SEO. And so mm, mm. Put, put the site up, SEO works. And if it works, if people are searching the English terms that we rank high for, or the, you know, translated terms that end up working, which sometimes works and sometimes does not, we show up uh, all over the world. And so very early, we needed to figure out multi-currency. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we, we've got that at all the all the frustrations and complications that come with it, um, we yeah. sort out. And uh, look, something entirely different. You're a um, Commanders fan, and for that, I'm sorry, but it uh, looks like you got the Packers this weekend. What do you think uh, your chances against it? The Packers aren't doing that great either. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, I would love to be hopeful. Uh, I guess we got a little <laughs> hope last week, but I, I'm going to temper my expectations uh, a bit. <laughs> you keep your expectations low, you can't be disappointed, right? Exactly, exactly. That's, that's the, yeah, as soon as they, you know, they're, they're, I think I've learned over the years they'll they'll get they'll get you excited a little bit, and then mm. just to make that blow uh, all the worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're kind of looking for a um, a buyer, aren't they? Maybe you can sell Soft Ledger and, and buy the Commanders. What do you think of that? <laughs> That sounds great. That's the plan. <laughs> you put well, it back on well, track. <laughs> not sell IPO and and then you know IPO. All, yeah, all yeah, yeah. get a bit of liquidity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll have yeah. a soft ledger box there. <laughs> sounds sounds good. There you go. Ben Taylor. Hey, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Accounting Leaders Podcast. It's been great to have you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate having you on. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.